at the museum with Alan and Daniel. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. Everyone come gather round, listen to your favorite sound. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We'll talk the games and all the rest about the team that we love best. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. Hey, good evening. Welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdaw. C70 is about at C70 on Twitter. With me, it's always Alan Medlock from Red Dirt Red Bird and A Medlock One on Twitter. We're coming to you Thursday night after the Cardinals have. Well, for the first time this year, Alan won a series that they didn't sweep, which is kind of a weird little quirk of things. But they're also the best team in the National League, one of the best teams in baseball. I feel like we probably said this last week, but it's really kind of remarkable what this team has been doing over the past, what, three weeks now. Oh, it's crazy. And that's uh, the, the, the ability to walk out of there with a win today was, mm-hmm. uh, was pretty incredible. Um, think about all three games, just breaks had to go someone's way for yep. it to, you know, for it to happen. You go into the 11th and then you, uh, you sting the home runs. And then last night you had the situation with Bader falling and, you know, just it one situation where you just can't get a run in. Then today you, you hold on to that one, nothing lead and in the Vogelbach mistake cost them, you know, they, mm-hmm. uh, they, they didn't really threaten after that other than, you know, the first, second, the ninth, but but yeah, it was an evenly matched series. Milwaukee's really good to be to go in there and win the series is big from in my eyes. I I was kind of expecting after they I, there was a little that I was a little relieved when they won Tuesday night because I was thinking okay then you avoid the sweep so you're yeah. walking out of there with the lead no matter what happens. But to win right. the series is big, and to win the series with a lot of dominance at the back of the bullpen is it's really nice to see. Yeah, um, I guess it's maybe fitting that Vogelbach was play in part of today's game since it was his strikeout that led yeah. to the to the inning. Yeah, I gotta admit, the game doesn't lie. I guess no, that's true. I gotta admit, no. I you know I've seen it the last couple of days, and of course it happened um, with the uh, the perfect, almost perfect game for John Means out at uh, Baltimore. Yeah. But I have never given a second thought to the fact that the the wild pitch, you know, runner can reach. I mean, it just seems like it's been part of the game. And now all these people are trying to toss it out and everything like that. And I'm like, for me, at least, I know it burned the Cardinals here, but if you can't catch the ball, you know, if you're throwing a pitch that's so wild or uh, uh, that your catcher can't catch it or, or whatever, I don't know that, you know, there shouldn't be a little bit of punishment for that. Yeah. You know, in, in any amateur ball, it's a, it's much, it's, it's a much bigger issue than it mm-hmm. is of course in professional baseball. But when you see it, it just kind of sticks out and, you know, you see it. I, I don't know why you've seen it more in the last two years. And I, it's kind of strange than you have in a while. And I don't know. I, I mean, I can't explain it. Maybe it's just one of those that uh, we just haven't seen it involved in, in the Cardinals universe. Yeah, very true. But, uh, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. And it, it's one of those that I've always been indifferent about just because it's always been there. But the more you think about it, you do kind of wonder that ah, it's kind of amazing that it is still there. 
you know, because <laughs> of so many changes that happened. But like I said, I don't have an issue with it. I kind of like to hear the argument against it, but I don't, I don't have the animosity that some do, but that, that doesn't say much because that seems to be the, the, that seems to be the way people approach everything. <laughs> well, true. And I mean, it is, it is just a fluky thing. And oh there, yeah. There's room for fluky things in baseball. And yeah, you hate, and I mean, look, the wild pitch and the runner, uh, the catcher throws down what? 90% of the time. Probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a rare thing that a, a bet somebody runs out. And, you a know, lot of people that won't they never run. I try. You know, that's, I think that's a lot of, that's a bigger issue. And there's gives you the opportunity to have the four strikeouts in an inning, which has yeah. happened a few times sure. in baseball because of that. Um, I I got no problem with some some weird stuff. I do wonder, like you said, if it's happening more often. It's just you know these guys these days, especially you know throwing ninety six ninety seven with movement. Um, it's hard for the catchers to keep up with that, much less the batters. And I, I don't know if that's uh, that's part of it. Is that you know the ball's moving enough that it gets by a little bit more often? I, I don't know. Um, yeah. But I, I'm not unless it's happening like once a game, um, you know, instead of like once every season. Basically, sure. I, I don't think I'm going to worry too much about it. No, and it's funny. It you know we hear so much of. Well, right, it, Alex Reyes is going to walk a lot of guys because he has so much movement. Well, Helsley had that kind of movement and velocity last night. You know, he's really yeah. been dialed in. Yeah. So I felt bad for him to get the tough luck because you, it, it's he served up the next two pit next you know two maybe three pitches, and it, and it really hurt him. You know, and it, yeah. and I feel bad for him, but somebody that's really ascended to the role that he's in. Do you think? And I don't really, I really don't know. I just. I almost hate to even ask the question just because of what it is. Do you think Kisner gets that ball less yesterday? Gosh, or, I don't know. I read, I, mean, I read your, I read your piece today and I wondered about that. Um, it, you know, I, I, that's so tough to say just because, I mean, it was one on one and just yeah. you know, skimmed over a head. I mean, that's, that's, you know, in basketball, when you're going to try to make the hard pass, you're trying to go right over a guy's hand, head because mm. your hands just can't move that quick. You know yeah. what I mean? So you yeah. just kind of wonder if anybody catches that. Yeah, I just wonder if just a little bit, you know, younger legs go up yeah. just a little bit of an inch or two. Probably not. I mean, you know, Yachty's still Yachty, to, sure. even if he's not super Yachty like he used to be. Um, he's usually going to get to those. And it just, you know, one of those weird situations. And then, you know, <laughs> Travis Shaw is, uh, you know, yeah, I, well, just destroyed us. So. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny. It's, it's really, really funny that you had written about that the last two days because I had a, a message text out to you before the series even started. And I was like, is it just me or does Travis Shaw always kill the Cardinals? Yep. You know what I mean? Because I like him as a player. I It was funny. He kind of flamed out in Boston and ended up in Milwaukee and had such a – he had big numbers for a couple of years and then flamed out. It, you know, he got figured out a little bit, then went to Toronto, the rebirth, and came back. And he's a guy that I don't like to see in those spots. He may not hit against anybody but St. Louis, but mm-hmm. but it's tough right now. And especially – I mean, he's picking up the slack where, you know, with, with no Yelich. And, I mean, it was a dogfight to beat them two out of three. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing for me watching this series. You know, a lot of times in the past we would complain about the offense, you know, putting up minimal numbers. I mean, except for that, you know, five run 11th. Yeah. There wasn't, you know, there's what, you know, three runs in the series uh, or four, I guess. But, you know, I just didn't feel that way in this series. I mean, not that this offense doesn't still have its faults and problems, but. They had a, you know, Milwaukee's got a really good pitching staff, and we, they, Cardinals ran into the the brunt of it. Yeah, with without a doubt, and I, I'm glad you bring that up as well because 
I remember when Peralta was the guy that they just could not necessarily the Cardinals, but the Brewers couldn't figure out. You know, they couldn't dial him in. It was kind of a, a younger Carlos Martinez type situation. They really didn't know what they had with him. And the last time, last few times they Cardinals have seen him, he's been a, he's been dominant. He's yeah. looked really, really good. To go from him to Woodruff to Burns, you're that's a tall order. They, you, those three alone, you don't want to see in a short short series because mm-hmm. that they're always going to keep him in it. But but no, I agree with you. The uh, I didn't have many issues with the Cardinals offense this week because I thought the Brewers had fantastic pitching. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like they were running up against guys with seven ERAs or guys that just that are struggling. They they faced the best that Milwaukee had mm-hmm. and they were able to do well with it. I mean, they scored a run off of Devin Williams in the first game uh, to be able to tie that game up. Um, they made Josh Hader work a lot yesterday. I almost, almost thought they were going to be able to pull that off and that would have been remarkable if they had. Um, I think that's maybe that's what it is, is uh, this team feels like it's, it's able to, scrap a little bit more maybe i don't know if that's the right word but able to really not necessarily just look like they're not even trying you know what i'm saying yeah not that they ever aren't but sometimes you go you watch them like man they're just you know it's a getaway day or something like that um i feel like they're always trying to battle in their at bats and things of that nature it doesn't always turn out well but i i don't feel like you know even matt carpenter who has terrible numbers this year he's rarely going up there and not seeing four or five pitches. You sure. Know, he's, he's yeah. Something happen. That's carp has turned into that role could be big for him. Just now it's going to limit some things for you. Just mm-hmm. like you and I were talking last night that uh, here's a situation where we probably need to see, was it, I can't remember if it was Edmonds or Edmund or Bader in front of them. We really needed to see him run. We we're just like, you yeah. want to see that. The thing is, is, is carp is going to take so many pitches. You know what I mean? That's the risk with it. But you could possibly get it, you know, get you could hit behind a runner, you know, type situation. That's the only thing. But you're right. Car- he goes up and he sees a lot of pitches and he's had some productive at bats. We haven't really seen one of those lost at bats in a while. You know, the the, yeah. the flailing type situation. You know, we've talked about this at length and, and I will probably be I'll probably be saying this all year. But what we're seeing is the beauty of having a second guy like Arenado. Yeah. And what you're having, you have a lineup now. You have your two superstars in Goldie and Nolan, the the guy, the the up and coming uh, Carlson. You have a guy who's been a fantastic leadoff man in Edmund, and now the rest of your role players are falling into position. You know yeah. what I mean? And that that just kind of shows what having that second superstar is like. Um, there's going to be times where we're going to be frustrated with them. That's that's the beauty of a baseball season. But when the role players start falling into place and we have – you just – you feel like there is – it's fluid. Like I – today I th- felt like you you could run that in, out that infield out there for a little while, but still yet you missed DeYoung. You know, there's yeah. there's a stabilizing uh, factor with DeYoung that you're going to miss. Um, I feel like a lot of the outfield conundrum defensively has been figured out simply because Bader's back. You know, it just feels like everybody's in place now. And that's scary to say on March, on May 13th, but it does feel like things are really falling in place where you can have a special team. Um, is You're right. <clears throat> and I do like, I think it's what we're seeing is that top of the order. It does kind of drop off a little bit just because, I mean, DeYoung is 
is good, but you still don't know. It's, it's very spurts, you know? Um, and then after that, as, as great as Bader is, he still struggled some at the plate and O'Neill's been pretty solid since he came back off the DL. Um, so you're right. You're kind of filling those roles in. It wouldn't hurt to have one more, you know, really good bat, but I don't know what they would do or where they would put it. Yeah. But yeah. One of those bats could be Carlson. We're seeing, and again, I don't want to disparage. I don't want this to sound wrong because he's playing very well since he's moved into that second spot. But he hasn't hit a home run since... Um, April 7th. I mean, he had three in the first six games. Hadn't hit one since. He hasn't had an extra base hit since May 1st. Um, he's getting on base, obviously. He's hitting mm-hmm. well. But it seems like he has changed, at least the results are, he's changed his approach to be that singles hitter that gets in front of on in front of Goldschmidt and Arenado instead of a guy that's, that's hitting for some power. Is that the right kind of trade-off to make? Um, I- go ahead. I think that's probably more of a maturation. Now, this could be the overly optimistic view on this. Mm-hmm. The maturation process is somebody as young as he is, you know, and that's uh, to get up there. And I'm sure that, that they're telling him to be the player that he that he thinks he can be. But yeah, it turns into a little slap hitterish a little bit. And and uh, I understand that the issues with that, but I feel like that will regulate a little bit. I think that there's going to be you're going to get you're going to be pitched a little bit more. I think you're going to get a you're going to get some more fastballs. Um, you're gonna. There's gonna be some creativity with some some of the running situations, which could hurt him, hurt his power numbers a little bit. But I'm not overly concerned about that. I don't think there was an hey, you've got to adjust your game to be there. I just think that's gonna be part of the learning curve to the player that he needs to be. Yeah, that's fair. I, I it just really, I mean, seems very drastic almost from when. I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers. I could pull the splits and see. I mean, let me do that while I ramble on a bit. But um, let's see, batting order position. Ah, hey, I've looked at this before. Um, yeah, see, this year he's hitting 309, uh, hitting second. Um, well, thanks, computer. Take away my stuff. Where'd it go? There it is. Uh, 309 hit second, because that's where he's hit most of the time. And it's, you know, that's good. Um, it's And it's, you know, he's got his two home runs and hitting seventh and eighth, and he wasn't hitting necessarily that great there. So, I don't know. It's just an interesting look that a little interesting change sure. um, for that. And so uh, hopefully, hopefully he'll, like you said, make those adjustments and start to be able to feel comfortable pulling the ball a little bit more or hitting a little bit harder instead of maybe trying to continually slap the single and get yeah. on base. So, um, but yeah, this, and it, it feels like now, you know, you've got Edmund who continually gets on base um, you've got Carlson getting on. You've got Goldschmidt heating up. You've already, Arenado's been playing very well. Um, when you can get four consistent at bats, and then you get, you know, a couple of those other guys being at least somewhat consistent. Um, I mean, and again, we're not talking about this team putting up six or seven runs all the time, although they have that potential. But even if they can just put up, you know, three or four, with the way the pitching staff is going, that's going to win you a lot of games. Yeah, that's and that's exciting. I mean, it uh, it's nice to know that they can break out at any minute, but it's also mm-hmm. nice to know that they can grind them out like today. Um, it, it's this is not just 
this is I, I just about sent something in jest after reading your article after the uh, the first night about uh, about the the deep fly ball to advance Bader. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that wasn't a deep fly ball. That was some pretty good base running by yeah. he and Carlson, you know, to move up. And that's one of those things to where in the past we've seen that kind of blow up on them. I mean, I, we kind of felt like maybe an over-aggressive run out of Arnado today. You know, it's one of those things where things just kind of fell into place. And it's nice to see that they can grind those things out and move runners along and that they're running a little bit more than now than they were at the first of the season. I know that she'll really pushes that, you know, the base to base and, and sometimes it can blow up and blow up on them. But, uh, but yeah, I mean that it kind of falls back into the role play that we were talking about to where that's how Bader's going to help the team, you know, be an elite defender and advance when he can and, and, you know, walk into an extra base hit, extra base hit every now, now and then. And, and that's, that's nice. I mean, that, that makes you a little bit more, of a complete team than we've seen in the past. And it's better than even the beginning of the season where it was kind of feast or famine off offense. I think that they're going to find ways to win and be creative. And, and you're right. I think it's, you're going to see a lot of these four or three games, two, nothing games, one, nothing games, just because the pitching is so complete and uh, the back end of the bullpen is coming together very well. Yeah. I mean, talk about the pitching being complete since we recorded last, the Cardinals have posted three shutouts. They've got four on the month. Um, you know, there's only been, let's see, they gave up, we, you know, they gave up the eight runs against the Rockies in that game that they won. But other than that, you know, it's been, you know, one run, two runs. I guess they gave up seven against that Mets in that second game of the doubleheader. That kind of got out of control on Carlos. Um, but those games are, are very few and far between. If they're if they're giving up one or two runs a night, um, you know, you got to like that. Now, granted, this bullpen is still going to give me heart attacks. Um, because, you know, we talked about it a couple of nights ago with a couple of days ago with, uh, with Alex Reyes. And it was basically the same thing today. Um, you know, he's throwing strikes only about 55% of the time. Um, and I, I haven't compared that to other people, but it just feels like that's not great. You know what I'm saying? When it's just kind of a coin flip, whether he's going to throw a strike or not, um, that gets concerning, especially when, you know, the walks load the bases and things like that. Um, is is that you, you referenced it a while ago about you know how, how his movement kind of sometimes fools umpires as well? And I know he said that. You know, Kyle's talked about that him having that up as he comes up at the minor leagues. But that's not all of it. Uh, do you think he's going to find that control, or is he just going to? Are they going to live with that for the fact that he's being very effective and getting people out, even as the bases continue to add people on them? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it's 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 one of those he can be so dominant. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's put it this way. I mean, we're worried about him throwing strikes, and he's 11 for 11 for save opportunities. Right, right. You know, that's – I mean, he's dominant in the back. And, you know, today I will say this, though. He got hosed on the walk today. Yeah. That, that was a strike. And that's yeah. – and, and, and you're – that we may, you may be onto something about that, about just it's – sometimes they just – they don't know to call it. And that goes back to a, a long strike zone debate that we could have. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, some people are setting their ways and they're never going to change it. I don't care how people want to adjust the strike zone. Some guys are never going to change that. The um, um, So I don't know. It's worrisome because you, you do wonder what pitch they're going to figure out to, hey, if you see the spin, don't swing because it's not going to be a strike. Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like Andrew Miller's got that a little bit to where – it's one of those that it's like, hey, if it has spin on it, he can't throw it for a strike. Wait till he has to come to the fastball because it's not what it used to be. 
you know, type type deal. You worry about that with Reyes a little bit, but him bringing that slider out this week really is intriguing because I mean, he there was times he he quieted a very good line, lineup the last three nights, and uh, and that's that's the positivity I want to take from it. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that's just like any Cardinals closer. There's going to be uh, <laughs> there's going to be some traffic. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. You're right. He's, he's getting the job done and, and that's fine. I just rather give him, you know, two run leads and three run leads rather than one run leads because, yeah. and that, and that is the other thing, right? I, I mean, catch myself feeling the same way though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I completely agree with you. Well, and I mean, let me pull that up too, but that's the, I mean, that's really why he's 11 for 11. He didn't give up anything else. Yeah. Um, he hasn't given up that I know of very much hard hit contact. He's given up, you know, no home runs on the year. Um, he, uh, he just, you know, the batters are hitting, let me see if I can pull that up. Um, but they can't be hitting very hard, very much off of him. Um, hitting one eleven against him. Um, you know, his, if he would not walk anybody, <laughs> we wouldn't have anything to do. Yeah. With. Um, it's just, and he's, you know, he's about even on the ground ball fly balls. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a walk. So maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the trade-off you get. You know, if he's throwing strikes, maybe they're getting hit harder. Um, whereas if he throws enough balls to get people confused, then he can sneak, sneak some strikes in there. I don't know. Um, as long as he keeps getting the, the saves, I don't think we have anything to worry about. But then again... We did talk about this last week, but I think it's with Jordan Hicks now. We'll talk about Jordan in a little bit, but with him being out probably for six weeks or so, um, it seems really hard. They're not going to get him to the inning level that they want to get him to, I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't think so. And and it's one of those – I can't remember. We did a show early in the season. It was either that or a Twitter conversation, but Reyes is the closer. You know that, that I I think that the uh, the innings limit was may, may be blown out of proportion, but that's that's where they want to go. I think that the, in any situation, I think that uh, they they feel like if they can go Helsley, Gallegos, Cabrera, and Reyes, I, they feel like they're going to be in good hands. And mm-hmm. now I think that they're going to try to cl- bookend every game with Reyes at this point. Um, Hicks was in that equation, you know, like you said, until he went out. Uh, I feel like Webb was in that equation until he came down to earth a little bit. Yeah, but uh, you know, you, with Miller out and all kind of, and in all those situations, I think that you're looking at uh, the bullpen that they want for the end of the year. And, and honestly, I know that this is very premature. A a veteran reliever probably is on the books. You know, at this point, at the, at the break, probably. You know, just for some, uh, just for something else in the back end of the bullpen. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all, but but yeah, you're right. It's going to be tough to reach that end limit. I read somewhere I I don't can't remember if it was Fredrickson or whatnot, but if he finishes out his closer, you could probably get him to 85 innings. And and at that point, I mean, here's the deal: if he saves 30 games, I mean, what's the likelihood he's in the rotation next year anyway? You know, I, I'm not certain. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, I don't know that I don't know. I see. I'm looking at Trevor Rosenthal just just to see what he threw. He threw 75 and 70 innings in St. Louis a couple of times. Um, I do think Mike Schultz probably a little bit more likely to use um, yeah. Reyes in a you know two inning situations and stuff like that. 
Um, but yeah, I, I may be wrong on this one, but I felt like Schilt gets Gallegos and Reyes up early with the intention of I can go five if I have to with both of them. I felt like he did that with Miller more than he wanted to let on when Miller was Miller. But I feel like those two get that a lot. Yeah. I've always felt like Schilt likes to swap pitchers mid-inning more than any other manager, you know, to get to – he gets two outs in an inning and he'll go to a reliever and then let them pitch the out and then two, in, two the next day, uh, two next inning, and then he'll go get somebody. I mean, I don't, I don't know what that is, but I've seen him do that more. Now, yeah. it works really well now because at three better minimum, once they get that one out, you know, then they don't have to – he doesn't have to bring them back. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I used to argue about that to get the relievers back in the dugout than to put them back on the mound. I felt like that always, that was detrimental to them. And this is, I, I used to love the three inning save, you know, of the eighties and whatnot, but I just, I never felt like it worked with some of the new guys. Yeah. I know that Gallegos and, and Reyes both have had shaky outings of, of two outs to come in the dugout and settle and have a really good next inning though. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so she'll maybe onto something on that. I've seen both of those guys do it. I've actually seen Helsley do that. Regroup and get, regroup and have another inning where I didn't think that was de- I thought that wouldn't be beneficial to the pitcher. So, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a possibility that they know a little bit more than we do. Um, I, I don't know how we want to get into that, but um, what we're talking about, Jordan Hicks. I mean, he's out for six weeks. That's before he even does any baseball activities. Is that another situation where we're not going to see him? Uh, are we going to see him again this year? What do you think? I That's a good question. Uh, I, that was my immediate thought whenever he went down. I was like, we probably won't see him again this year. And then you're in the back of your mind, you're thinking, man, that's you're looking at, you know, essentially three years. That's, that's mm-hmm. you know, we saw Reyes more than that. And I I don't know. I think you may see him back for, uh, for Hicks' benefit. You know, yeah. more than anything. Uh, I think you may see a stint in Memphis. And they're definitely going to take it with caution. And they should. He's young. You know, you have controllable years. That's They're going to say that's not a factor, but it is. And I I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say yes, we will. And I think it may be more of a situation of maybe a late season situation. And yeah. uh, just to get him back in, in the dugout and doing all those things. So it wouldn't be such a down year in May may be a more of a hit on his psyche than anything. Uh, what we are seeing, though, I believe kind of pushes me further to the idea that I think Reyes probably closes maybe for the long term now. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, I think the guy that was going to push him out of that spot was Hicks, and that's not going to happen this year. And it makes you wonder if next year there's not going to be a sixth and seventh inning role a la Helsley this year for uh, – for Hicks and then build up from there. You know, I don't know. I'm that's, that's, that's cart way before the horse, but I, I don't know. The more I see it and the more dominant I see Reyes, I've just, I think that all the ships are falling into place for him to be that guy for a long time. So if that's the case, I know you're right. This is a long way off, but does that mean they're in the market for a starter more than they would have been at the end of the year or at the trade deadline? Um, just because, I mean, you know, like I said, Carlos Martinez has options. We'll have to see if he comes off the book. I think KK's contract is done. We'll see what they want to do there. 
Um, and I know they've got young guys like Levator and Thompson. Yeah. We'll have to see how those guys go. That will push the narrative more than anything. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, uh, Washington's 14 and 19. Yeah. No, and, I agree. I agree. I I think I could see that. I, I, I do. I, I think your pivotal man right now and has been from the beginning of the season is Oviedo. Yeah. What they feel they can get out of Oviedo is going to is going to establish a lot of the rotation. I will say this though: if Scherzer's out there, I think they're going to be in play. I mean, I, I think that I think it's going to happen. I think they re, they they regretted it. I think that's a big miss, and I think I think one of the main reasons they're going to make a push for a player is Arenado at third. You know, there. I, I just don't think you can make that deal and not go out and dip your toes in that. Yeah, if he's available, which is still going to be. I mean, again, I talked to some bloggers I, earlier in the year. They felt like the team would try to make Scherzer an offer to keep him in. There's, a, and go I, ahead, go ahead. Well, I, 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 said, I would if I were them, even if they're oh, not yeah. winning this year. You know, and there's always the risk. I mean, Max has got a lot of arms and miles on that arm. There's always yeah. a risk for signing him to a two or three year deal at the end of this, but it's more or less likely to blow up in your face at least from a fan point of view, for Washington than it is for anybody else. Yeah, and it's funny. There's just so many links for Max back to Washington, and, and Boris is the big one. You know what I mean? It's a, they just have a relationship, and I just feel like that that, that could happen. I But I just I feel like it'd be interesting. Uh, I, I feel like they're going to be in the market potentially for pitching, and I, I didn't know if I would have said that you know, before the season started and not because of weakness, but I think you can build on the strength finally. And, uh, I think that if, if there's any chance that he's out there, I feel like that, that will be in play. I would. Yeah. I mean, you look at him compared to the rest of that team and he's definitely standing out. And if you're Washington and you want to rebuild, there's nobody better. Um, yeah, he can always if, come back. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. True. I mean, if I do think, Maybe, I mean, this may be a bit of a homer. It may be just a bit of misreading, but I think if he got to St. Louis, he would either sign him back with St. Louis or he'd go back to, to Washington. Yeah. I don't, I think that the, the ties that he has to that area plus getting into that organization. I mean, we've seen what, how enamored Nolan Arenado is of the organization. And I think Scherzer would find that as well. Now, Again, it's too early. I mean, Washington did this in 19 and obviously turned yeah. things around. So. Hey, but you know what? It's intriguing when you look at uh, the Mets are going to be better than they are now, and they're a game and a half up right now. Yeah, The Phillies are an enigma. I'm not really sure what to make of them, but they do have Bryce Harper. And then you look at a situation where I think Atlanta, even with their pitching, they've had a lot of knocks to their rotation. I still think they're going to be pretty good before it's all said and done. So you have a chance to probably be – a fourth or even fifth place team. If Miami pitches well to where you think that things moves would have to be made on the Washington side. Yeah, I, I would think so. And there's going to be a lot of, and I don't, who knows what that market's going to look like. You know, I don't know who else is going to be out there um, to not, you know, go for it. Now, granted on the flip side of that, you know, what do the Cardinals have to give up because they're not going to be able to do another, 
you know, yeah, Austin Gomber and <laughs> well, and that's you know your Libertor and Thompson are going to be tough, you know, and even potentially your Gorman, you know, your top three, yeah, and depend on what you feel you have in Herrera. That's another name to bring up. Of course, the the other side of that is as we hear this pretty much every time around the trade deadline, a lot of times too, you know, when a, when a team's trading, you know, just trading off two months of Max Scherzer, they don't usually get back. No, no, that's thing. a good point. That's a good so, point. You know, you know, cause you're not, I mean, you know, when they traded for Nolan, they granted, they only, you know, it's the contract. All There's a lot of different moving parts there, but they knew they were getting him except if he opted out for more than one year. Um, there was at least a possibility of more than one year, which is, you know, for sure, or it's two months and then you have to try to sign him. Um, so it might not be, I mean, I bet one of those guys would have to go, I would think, um, unless it's a situation where you can trade, you know, Kisner because he's already a major league catcher um, or something like that. I don't even know what Washington needs and I don't, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, no, but I know, I know where you're going with it. You know I mean, it's, it's spitballing that you're. Yeah. That's right. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it would be interesting. It will be, and there'll be something to continue to keep an eye on, um, because, um, yeah, he's pitching well. They're not playing well. That's going to be a story that people are going to mm-hmm. talk about. Let's looking at who at the Cardinals do have right now, though, in the rotation. Um, you know, Carlos Martinez goes on the aisle this week. It sounds like it's not a serious thing. It sounds like it's just a weird, a weird yeah. injury, which yeah. given that you got hurt celebrating a Jack Flaherty home run, I guess it's fair, um, for it to be weird. Um, he should be back probably after the 10 days, I guess, really just a rest thing. Miles Michaelis will be making his third rehab start in, um, on Sunday, I believe, uh, for Memphis. You've got Oviedo up at the end of this coming week, or maybe maybe it's more closer to the end of next week. If they're at a five-man rotation, what does that five-man rotation look like for, in your mind? Oh, man, that's it, it's one of those. I'm going to say it's going to be exactly what it is right now. And that Michaelis will get a fourth rehab start, and then yeah. that put that pushes you to where would we put Martinez? Do you remember the date that he went on? Was it I, was it retroactive I, to Sunday or was it Monday? Uh, something like maybe. Well, so let's he, see. Flaherty hit the home run on what Friday? Friday yeah, night. Friday, so he but could he have been did. retroactive to Saturday, probably. Well, he pitched Saturday. No, he pitched right? Saturday, so it would so have been could have Sunday. Been Sunday. Well, let's just say even even at the earliest, that would put him back on the nineteenth, mm-hmm. maybe the twentieth. And you said when when they got back and was it the twenty first? Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, what's okay. what's it going to look like right around there? Man, I don't know. I mean, let's just say you go, Michaelis. You go one, two, three, four. Gosh, I don't. Here's my situation: is mm-hmm. in the back of the my mind, I'm thinking. Boy, Gant would be back good, really good in the back of that bullpen. But even, I mean, he gave up no runs and pitched poorly, you know, yesterday. You know, yeah, and it's yeah. one of those you're just like, is he running out of gas like we've talked about? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I want to see a little bit more out of Oviedo. So it, it's tough for me. 
and sometimes the path least resistance for them is is the easy you know what i mean not that yeah. it, kind of redundant yeah. but you know and that's kind of why i want to just play it safe and say we may not see any changes until then but you could see michael start on the road but it, it's funny jeff jones made it sound like he could possibly start one of those five home games yeah i mean because if he start if he pitches sunday he could start. You know, one, yeah. two, he could start in that Cub series on the weekend. Boy, that's uh, tough too. From week week from tomorrow, I gotta think. I think that John Gant is probably reached about the edge of the luck they want to push on him. He is the only their fifth starter, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, that's, I get that. Yeah, I, but the walks are tough. Um, you look at a lot of the advanced metrics, and it's like, and I think. You know, I, I think if they didn't have any other options that yeah. well enough to maybe stay there, um, at least for a little bit longer, just because it is the fifth starter spot and he has been able to work out of whatever jams he's gotten for the most part. But with Michaelis coming back with Oviedo in that mix. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like I feel like they're lining up Michaelis to take over Gant's spot. Yeah, no, that I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I just wonder if it's not going to be one of those where they have him pitch a four three half starts a game and start one more time. And they might because he only threw I think four innings yesterday or Tuesday whenever he did pitch. I think that's what I saw. So if he, unless he pitches, well, he'd probably need to pitch six on Sunday. I would think for them to feel pretty comfortable bringing him back. And even yeah. when he does come back, it's you know it's probably five inning starts for an inning or for sure. a game or a turn or two through the rotation. But I just, I mean, after, I think they've had chances to put Oviedo in for Gantt and they haven't done it. And I think in part that's because they knew they were going to have to do something with Michaelis. Yeah. I think if yeah. they want, uh, once they put Oviedo in the rotation, I think they want to keep him there. I, I completely agree with that. I feel like we've talked about this since the spring. I feel like they hide him a little bit because they want to temper expectations on him. But uh, he's got that six starter role pretty much wrapped up, yeah. and he's gonna. And I, I don't think if Gant loses the rotation spot, you know, or, or gets beat out of a rotation spot, I think he's in the bullpen, and Oviedo is the one that steps in next. I, that's that's how I feel. I completely agree with you on that. I think they have high expectations for him, and that will be the next step. And that could even be a situation where it's Wayne, Wayne Wright's role next year. You know what I mean? If 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 he's not back, that Oviedo steps in to take that. I I think they do think that highly of him. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I think he's probably going to be in the rotation at some point in time this year, but I mean, there's still. I mean, it's he's pitched well, but it doesn't hurt him to pitch at Memphis some more, too. No, 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 I completely agree. I mean, so, you, you have the best record in baseball with you know with him making one rough start. Yeah, you know. So, um, so I'm I'm thinking that when Carlos comes back, it's Flaherty Wainwright. Carlos, Michaelis, Kim. Maybe not quite that order, but probably, yeah, probably yeah. finish fourth, but you know, or however it works out. But I think those yeah. are your five. Um, this is a good rotation. I, think, I mean, yeah, if you, is, I that, mean, if in, you get Michaelis back to what he may have been in 18, and you're looking pretty good. Well, and I was listening to Terps earlier today, and you know, Alex even pointed out, even if he's 19, Michaelis. Yeah, that's true. Very true. You know, it's still good enough, especially for the back of the rotation. Um, you know, you know, he's not the number two guy or this year. So, um, yeah, I think you can get, I think you're going to get more out of him 
than you will for Gantt. And you're right. I think they can shift Gantt to that. You know, if you shift Gantt to the sixth, seventh spot, yeah. somewhere in there, you know, I think you, not that this bullpen, I don't know that there's a weak link in it. Well, Trevor, Tyler Webb's still out there. So, okay, that's probably fair. Um, but you also don't see much Tyler Webb <laughs> anymore. Yeah, that that has, uh, yeah, the blossom has kind of worn off that a little bit. And yeah. it's, I hate that because I really love the overachieving Webb coming in and yeah. getting outs. Yeah. Yeah. And he's done, like we've said, he's done better for the Cardinals than a lot of people think. But, um, but yeah, the, for the most part, that bullpen isn't that weak. So, I mean, if you're replacing Webb with Gantt, except for the fact that you only have one lefty out there until yeah. Andrew Miller's ready to come back, which sounds like uh, it's kind of iffy. And it, you also have to wonder about what Andrew Miller's going to be when he comes back. So that's a different story. Um, Toe blister is always sketchy to me. Yeah. Well, and it's not like, you know, we have, it's been fairly noted how, how father time is kind of coming for Andrew Miller yeah, uh, with velocity and things of that nature. I, I don't, let me, let me, let me be clear on this too, though. I don't think there's anything necessarily fishy about it. Like it's something made up legitimately. Mm-hmm. I think he has issues, right? It may not be a, a toe blister. I don't think someone has high and as high in the union as Andrew Miller is, is going to accept anything less than, you know what I mean? I can understand. I think that he's hurt. I just don't think we're getting the real reason why. Yeah, that's, that's possible. Um, it looked like he was, uh, he's getting closer to baseball activities, but you got to figure he's probably still into the month. Probably. Yeah. I would think at the earliest. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, that bullpen is as a strong suck. Now here's the here's the wrinkle that I just saw today, and I don't know what they do with this. Well, I'm afraid I do know what they do with this, and it's not much fun. Um, Daniel Ponce de Leon is about to go start. A, <laughs> I was going to ask about that um, rehab assignment in Memphis, I believe. Maybe down there now. Um, I think it was tonight. Was it not? Might have been. Might have been. No, I don't um, think that's right because I think Rondon through through tonight. Well, well, he's. I don't know if he's starting though, because um, he may be coming in in relief. I don't know. Um, the kicker is. Um, let me see if I can find that real quick. Begins rehab assignment. Um, mm. So, yeah, he's been assigned down there. So, um, we'll see how that goes. Um, he's going to have to come back uh, because he has no options left. What do they do with him? Um, Are they comfortable enough letting him pitch in the bullpen? Because even, even when he moved to the bullpen after, you know, being out of kind of ousted out of the rotation, the results weren't that much better. Um, Maybe this was injury issues and stuff like that, but I don't know. I'm a, I'm a I'm a little hesitant to believe that they'll bring him back, but I'm also very hesitant to believe that they'll release him. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's pretty much how I feel verbatim because I'm just like I that story I can't see them just letting him walk. You know I don't see a trade partner. I don't I don't. It's very difficult to understand, but it's also his role doesn't pitch much in a bullpen. No. You know, it doesn't now. And maybe, maybe they feel like that may, that role may exist a little bit more when, when Michaelis does come back, you know, cause then that could turn into the, the four to five inning start. But how long, I mean, if you're not getting six or seven out of Michaelis, 
a guy that you're signed to do that, who's a hmm. ground ball machine, right? Then that's going to be trouble anyway. Um, so I, yeah, I really don't know. I don't know where that's going to end. I was surprised to see that he was on the rehab assignment. Yeah, um, I saw that and I was like, oh man. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna cause some issues. And that was in the back of my mind the whole time we were having that conversation. To where, I mean, to have the best record in baseball like they do right now, this is a good problem to have. You know, a lot of these names that there's some teams that are right on that second tier that are like, you guys have named 15 pitchers. Yeah. You know, yeah. we can't name five. Yeah. And that's, it's a good problem to have, but it's, it, 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 it is, it's troublesome when it's a guy like this, when you root for, but have no confidence in. <laughs> yeah. There is. Okay. So looking at the, looking at the roster now, you've got Webb and you've got Jake Woodford. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot Jake Woodford's up. So I guess. And Woodford theory, would need to work. Yeah. You, know, I mean, you, could swap, yeah. you could swap Woodford for Ponce de Leon. Hope that you can get more out of Ponce with the idea that if he struggles more, either he gets a release or an injury. Let's see if there's another injury thing. So I guess that's that. Webb is Miller. Okay. We'll say that. We'll say they'll switch out. And then Oviedo goes down for Michaelis. Okay. I mean, but then Carlos. Yeah. You know, there's still got to be a spot. Well, Seth Elledge is out there. So I guess Elledge goes down. So I guess there are, I was starting to think that they were kind of getting pushing into some real issues, but I forgot Elledge is out in that road. And I guess that's, that's an interesting thing here. We're sitting here. Yes. And I'm saying, Oh, there's no weak links. Oh, but you know, Elledge is out there and Woodford is out there. And we don't see them. You know, it's it's a testament to the starting rotation and probably a testament to how Mike Schilt does his, his bullpen use. And it's a testament to how well they've been playing. But we haven't seen those guys. We haven't needed to see those guys, right? I mean, we saw Elledge, I think, in the game against the Mets. Um, and he pitched pretty well. Um you know, we saw Webb last night after, or yeah, last night after the game, it started to get out of hand. Um, but those are guys we're not seeing. We're seeing the Helsies. We're seeing the Cabrera. <laughs> yeah. We're seeing um, the good, the good arms. And, uh, you know, there's not a guy out there. There's not a Matt Bowman. There's not a guy that's out there every night or every other night. I, I feel like, you know, Schultz done. And, and again, part of that's because, the starting rotation is going six or seven innings and you only have to cover two or three. Yeah. Um, back at the beginning of the year when they were leaving after four, then you had to worry about these guys more often. Yeah. That's uh, it, it, it's just like the formula that you and I talked about several times that there's probably three or four names that if they feel like they can get to, you're in a pretty good spot to win a game. Mm-hmm. You know, Cabrera after his, uh, after hitting Harper, he's been amazing. Yep. Um, yeah. Helsley. The ascension has been great. You're going to see yep. it. Want to see how he bounces back? But yeah, you're right. I mean, that when the formula works the way that they want, there's going to be five, four or five names that just aren't going to get up and get loose unless things you go haywire. Yep. You know, and that's that's kind of that's that's a good problem to have. And it's one of those to where you feel like Woodford needs to be down and starting, and and you got to figure out what you have with him. You know, the uh, in Memphis, so that's a name, and Elledge is the same way, and we haven't even brought up. Parsons and he's just going to be, he's going to be blocked out. There's just too yep. many, there's too many arms, but you know, if we were seeing all those guys, we would probably have a better idea, which we would also say, Hey, this is still a 500 team. 
you know, that's <laughs> so the give and the take is tough on that. Yeah. And I mean, the good thing is it's going to help. It's going to help to keep, I think, the clamor for a Libertor or yeah. a, a Thompson yeah. from, from coming along um, because there's not that necessary need for them. Um, and it'll allow them to do well in the minor league system. Um, Force the Cardinals' hands instead of yeah, necessity. Yeah, and, and, and to you know, let them get the, the, the experience they yeah. need down there without fans, you know, begging for them to come up. Um, yeah. And see it, you know, Levertor had a, a good first game. It looks like he struggled a little bit in the second one. Um, yeah. Five runs, six innings. So, um, you know, that's a guy that hadn't, what, I don't, did he even get double A? No. Yeah. So, uh, if it was, it was limited at nah, 19, I do not believe he did. Nope. 19, yeah. he played yeah. a, a full, full A ball. So, yeah. Um, he's never, you know, he's making the jump to go. Yeah, big to, jump. Yeah, to, I agree. To play, and I'm sure that's partly because of what they saw at the alternate camps and stuff like that. And we saw him in spring, and he looked good too. But you know, yeah, with all these guys out there, it'll help them let him pitch. I mean, he could pitch. I think right now, at least, he could pitch the whole minor league season down there, and there won't be this. Oh, we got to have him up. Um, I mean, if he's pitching to a two ERA people are going to want him up, but I don't know. I'm hopeful that it won't be like, man, like we've seen in the past, this guy's, you know, got a six ERA in the big leagues. Why is he still here? Why don't we go get Libertor? I, I think the pitching staff's better than that, that the, uh, the upgrade to a guy like Libertor, if he's pitching well, even to, to August is not going to be so great that they feel like they have to make a move that they're not ready to make. Yeah. 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 And that's, and, and that's, that's an exciting prospect because mm-hmm. we, we feel like there's a lot of times where, I mean, last year we were, we were clamoring for Carlson. You know, yeah. it was one of those. It's like yeah. they, you've got to get this guy up. We don't. What, what could go wrong? Exactly. I don't think we're going to run into a situation like that. We, we're 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 wanting Libertor and Thompson up as quick as possible, and that's that's the best case scenario for the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and with the infield outfields being so settled. And meaning that there's a lot less of Tommy Edmond out there, you're not going to have people pushing Nolan Gorman as much. I mean, I don't think. Um, and he's still got a lot to learn, too. I mean, he's struggled in his first little bit against uh, double A pitching, which is, yeah. what, you know, he's made a jump as well. So, um, you know, hopefully those guys will kind of start to click in. Um, but it's good that there's not necessarily this need for them right now. Yeah. And that's uh, there. It, we had several people on the show that, and we're not saying I'm, I'm this is by no means saying how you guys were wrong, who yeah. highly predicted that both of them would be up. You know, well, yeah. I say both of them was in Libertor and Thompson at some point right. this year. And I, out in it may be the, in the, the best interest of the Cardinals and the player that that has happened this year. And if that's, if that's a situation where it's not a need to bring them up, I mean, that's, that's, that's great all the way around. Yeah. Especially after they trade for Scherzer, then I mean, what's the point? So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Cardinals, as we get back, maybe start to round up, but look at a little bit more at what happened. Cardinals swept the Rockies, which they, you you want to beat those teams. I think sweeping them is pretty impressive. Um, 
I think when you look at the fact that they swept Cincinnati the last time they saw them, they swept the Pittsburgh, they swept the Rockies. Um, they haven't lost a series since the national series back sometime in April. They've split a couple, but, um, but all that said, it was nice to see them go in against stronger competition and hold their own. Now they go to San Diego and I know San Diego's a little bit, I don't want to say decimated. They've lost, you know, Tatis isn't playing this weekend. A couple others aren't because of COVID situation. So they may not be at full strength. They're still going to be very good. They're still, they don't, you know, all the pitching is, is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this weekend's going to be big on seeing what they can do to be competitive against, you know, the, the National League West is, you know, where it's at right now. Uh, the best teams are out there. If they can be competitive with the Padres this weekend, even if they don't win the series, but yeah. they're good games, that tells you a lot more about this team as well. Sure. I mean, look at it this way. If they would have lost, if they would be have lost two or three to the Brewers in the same fashion, where just the luck fell the Brewers' way, we would be upset right now, but we wouldn't be angry because the series was so good and so evenly matched. And you can understand that, that things could, could happen one way or the other. If you go out and lose two or three to San Diego, you're still coming back with a uh, 500 road trip, which is huge, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it, one of those things against against great competition. But you're right. You go out there and you can make a statement by winning the series as well. And uh, I think that this is the test. And I think it's a great way to, to lead into to come back home where you get the, the Pirates. And then you get the uh, the crapshoot of the Cubs coming into St. Louis for the first time in two years. So these stretch of games are big. And, and it's one of those, This the first one... To go to the West Coast for the first time, I think, is difficult just because of the time changes and stuff like yeah. that. So to go out there and to be competitive in that series, I think, will be a, a, a fantastic look. And uh, will really make you feel a lot better about things. Such a weird schedule. They go out for three yeah, games, I mean, come back home, and then they go to White Sox, and then they go to Arizona and Los Angeles. So yeah. They out that way. No. Um, they just yeah, they, do, yeah, they do that because they want the Cardinals to be out on the holidays. I, well, I don't know why they get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like Memorial Day games should be played during the day, not at eight ten Central Time. Well, and they did that. They do do that to them on the Fourth of July all the time. Yeah, I know. I remember a year that they were out in um, out in Anaheim for the first yeah the year. first trip, the first trip post uh, um, post Albert to go yeah. out there and play. It's actually Albert and Freeze, and it was like they played that night. Yeah. They've played the Arizona. Day. I think they've played Arizona. No, I don't. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, I know the Cardinals tend to not want to start the season at home because they want to have more home dates during the summer. Um, but yeah, I don't know why the the midsummer things. Um, <laughs> I, I'm such a big holiday baseball fan where you can just watch all yeah. day. I just I it can't stand when the Cardinals play the late ones. Yeah, but somebody's got to, or if you can't watch it all day. So, um, mm, yeah, that's true. Let me see yeah. the July 4th. I, yeah, uh, I was going to say they're, they're in, in Colorado. Colorado. So, and then the, the on the, yeah, and on the holiday, they play 405 Central in uh, San Francisco. So I can handle Well, that. yeah, the Monday, the Monday after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the actual 4th, they're, uh, they're at 210. Um, let's see, Labor Day. Uh, looks like I got a 115 game at home against the Dodgers on Labor Day. So nice. There you go. There you get you get one of them at least. Yep. So, Perfect. Um, yep. Um, well, I won't complain so much. <laughs> and they got yeah afternoon game in in Atlanta for Father's Day. So yeah. Um, 
but anyway, uh, yeah, um, it's, you know, they're really stepping up. I mean, you know, they go to the Padres, then they do come home for the Pirates, which they made the two game series. So you really hope they would sweep that. They got the Cubs who are weird. I know Kara, Tara and Alex kind of termed them that as well on chirps. Um, it feels like, you know, early in the year, it felt like, okay, the Cubs are going to be terrible. They can't hit, they can't do anything. And then I, I think I'm, I don't, I was going to send you this message one time this weekend. I think I realized you were at the drillers game and didn't want to <laughs> worry you, but <laughs> I was like, uh, part of me feels like we've, you know, like the Cubs have caught, figured it out, you know, like the, yeah. we've missed the chance to, you know, really bury them. But then they go out and lose some games that you, you don't expect. And I, I mean, they're still hitting some, but they're what now? 17 and 19 yeah. five games behind the Cardinals. I mean, they've got to kind of put something together here pretty soon or that trade deadline's going to start looking, making them look like, Oh, oh yeah. They're the first ones to do it. I mean, that's uh, you know, it's, it's funny. This is going to be the thing that comes back and bites me. I've <laughs> watched the Cubs quite a bit this year. I've made it, I've made an attempt to watch a whole ton of MLB and college baseball this year, just because I don't want to take it for granted. Right. And fortunately that's been a lot of the afternoon games in Chicago on the Fridays. And then a lot of the giants and West coast games and then the evening and all those things. My take on the Cubs is they just seem like they had the dysfunctional roster. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm basing out, if I base that on the fact that we know what's kind of gone on behind the scenes with them, I'm not real sure, but it's one of those things where you're just like, you know, Bryant's performing well right now because he wants to be in another uniform by the end of the season type situation. And you wonder about the Rizzo extension. And I feel like the books out on Baez quite a bit. And, you know, there's Contreras is probably at this point, their second or third best player. They just, uh, the, the pieces don't fit together. Great. I was, I was watching and, you know, an injury here or there and, and their pitching's not very good. And it's, they just, they seem very dysfunctional right now. And, and I was watching the, who did they have? Oh, they were, they, they were uh, in Cleveland yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. I listened to the Cleveland broadcast and they were saying a lot of the same things. The funny thing is, is how rough they were on Baez. Oh, yeah. I was surprised by that. They 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 didn't uh, they didn't really let loose. They were like, "Why do you ever throw this guy a strike? He swings at everything anyway." You know, type situation. I was like, "Those are things that we don't really necessarily hear on our, on the Cardinal broadcast." But uh, but yeah, they just they just seem put together in an odd way. I don't, I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. Yeah, um, you know, just kind of looking at their stats. I mean, they obviously, you know, Bryant's obviously pitching playing well when he's in the in the lineup. I know he's been, had some, some injuries and, and some stuff as, as well. Uh, you know, Baez does have eight homers, um, uh, which is something. Sure. Um, it, but yeah, the rest of it, I mean, you know, it looked like, I thought Jason Hayward was going to kind of starting to get a little bit of a resurgence, but you know, he's hitting 171 with three mm-hmm. homers. I mean, um, when you start scrolling down the list from there, I mean, there's a lot of guys, I mean, you know, except for Bryant, you know, you're right. Contreras, you know, Baez is a, a 789 OPS. Um, there's there's some struggles there. And I mean, and that's what they need to do, right? They, they can't, um, because their pitching staff's not typically going to carry them. And I mean, we've seen um, Hendricks get beat up a couple of times this year, which is 
weird, right? Yeah. I mean, we, at least for at least for the Cardinals, we're not used to, to seeing. Him. I mean, he's carrying a six twenty three ERA right now. I mean, he'll. <laughs> I mean, when he pitches against Cardinals, he'll shut them out. But oh yeah, you, know. you and you know they'll get they'll get Hendrickson, they'll get Davies, and they'll win two or three next right. week. You know, next right. weekend, and and that's just the way. I mean, that's how it goes with them. That's, yeah, that is the way. But uh, yeah, I mean, when you just look, you just glance at. Well, I mean, the fact that the Cubs have already, you know, they had one game where they had to pitch two of their position players. Yeah. Um, and they've already had three position players pitch this year. Um, that's just weird. I mean, it, it's a it's a team that's, it does feel like the team that's in the throes of the dynasty falling. You know, the, the, yeah. the not a dynasty because they only won the one World Series, which but, is one yeah. more than they should have. I mean, or one more than I wish they had. Um, but that core, that group, that core is just, it's starting to frazzle. It's starting to fray and not that there aren't good players still, but you're right. That just doesn't seem to connect. Maybe Joe Madden was holding them together better than we thought. Maybe it's just age or, or like you said, people figuring some stuff out. Um, I don't know, but, uh, looking forward to, you know, continue to push them down in the, in that sell off to happen because, it's still the Cubs, right? I mean, I'm, I know they're 17 and 19 right now, but I don't necessarily trust them not to get on some sort of run um, and be a little bit more dangerous. I would like them to lose a lot of games and start selling pieces off. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, as long as you have those pieces, they'll, they'll concern me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's funny. It just didn't look very smooth um, when I've seen them. So that's, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like, and maybe it's just one of those things that, uh, it's just one of those things that we see it from the Cardinals perspective so mm-hmm. much that to see Rizzo fail in those spots is just unheard of because he, he destroys right. the Cardinals in those right. big situations. And I've seen him, I've seen him drop the ball several times, you know, throughout this, throughout this year already. Yeah. You're better than I, I can't really bring myself to stomach watching a Cubs game, even <laughs> when it's the only option. And I, <laughs> I, should, I just, I don't know. It's even when I'm supposed to be rooting um, for the other team, it's still like, uh, <laughs> do, do I really want to, but yeah. So anyway, um, like I say, the, the, the West coast games are always um, tough. It's yeah. be a little bit interesting this time around. Uh, and then I get the Sunday night baseball too, which is weird. I mean, it's, it's the first two weeks in a row, correct? Uh, yeah. Cause I'll have it against the Cubs so. next, next week. week. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, two Sunday night baseball games in a row, which is, it's just strange. And, um, Monday or, um, Saturday, we sat on Wainwright in Petco park for, I think, and I have to look it up and I will, when I do my, series preview over on Substack. Um, I think that's the first time he's pitched in San Diego since that terrible outing that we thought he was about to retire from, you know, what was it like five or six walks? And are you talking regular season though? Right. Yeah. I mean, true. Okay. yeah, he pitched out there. Last okay, year. I was like, yeah. true, but um, the regular season game, I guess that's true. I forgot that they probably were out there, but still, um, Wainwright's come all such a long way from Oh, that. yeah. I mean, it's just uh, remarkable that, I mean, I don't, I mean, when he left the mound that day, I don't think any of us thought we'd still be talking about him in 2020. No, I totally, it, you know, he kind of alluded to that today on the broadcast. Yeah. You know, about how much pain he was in, in, in toward the end of those seasons. And I was like, I'm glad he's being blunt about that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, 
the fact that he's healthy now is is pretty remarkable. And I, I you know, we'll we'll talk about this over and over this year. But as it is right now, man, it's hard not to see them giving a one-year deal to him and to Yachty if they wanted it to do this, dude. I mean... Oh, no, I completely agree with you. Um, some point in time, they probably want to stop pressing their luck, but um, that's... Uh, it's hard to do, because, I mean, when you look at that um, and look at how well they're doing, uh, you, I, I don't see any reason not to bring them... I mean, again, we got a long way to go. Wainwright can run out of gas. Yachty's probably not going to hit like he did, but... Mm-hmm. You know, if there's if it comes down to it, if we're playing this game that we played last year, where you know it's either you know they're going to go somewhere else or they're going to come to St. Louis, I think they just gotta come to St. Louis. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, and it's it's tough not to think that right now. And I honestly, I <laughs> both of them have kind of already said stuff about coming back. Yeah, which I thought was funny. Yeah, I saw something this week about Yachty wanting to play through 2022, yeah. at least, which I think we all knew that he wanted a two-year contract. So, um, And I don't have a problem with them going year-to-year year with those guys. I would like it, just as a fan, for them to announce, like, at the beginning of a year, this is it, so we can have the goodwill tour and we can have the, you know, we know these are the last moments rather than retiring at the end of a season and not necessarily getting a chance to give the big standing ovations and such. But, you know, if they want to play year to year, kind of like Tim Wakefield did till he was what, 46 or something with the yes. Red Sox. I don't think I have a problem with that. Knowing that, you know, they're not on the hook for a big contract with these guys. So if they, you know, if they do fall off, then you, all you have to do is to get through a few months and then, you know, they go out with a retirement. Yeah, that's true. Um, before we wrap it up this, uh, today, our pools cleared waivers. He didn't sign with anybody. Um, it's been a week now. I know we spent a lot of time with it last week, but has anything changed in your thinking or of, of how probable it is or how desirable this is, or is it still kind of about where it was last week? Probably about where it was. I, 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 I we, without a doubt knew he would clear it. Um, there's not, I don't know if it's gamesmanship or what. I just, I just don't see the at-bats. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just a tough, it's, just, it's, it's a tough fit. Um, I thought that there would be someone would clearly emerge at this point, you know, mm-hmm. as a DH potential, but it hasn't. The longer he's out there, the more the ground swell is going to be though. So, well, you know what? I say that, but that's kind of died off fairly quickly, mainly yeah. because they're playing well. Yeah. And it's easy to, you know, when something comes out, you immediately in that moment, you're really excited about it. But then as time goes on and yeah, the games distract you that you don't necessarily think about it. You know, the longer he's out there, the more likely it is that he'll either decide he wants to come back as some sort of limited term or whatever. And I, you're right. The bats, if he wants to play regularly, the bats aren't there. I mean, he could probably pinch it once a game, kind of like that carpenter role that we're seeing where, you know, maybe draw walk or, or a spot. I think I would rather for Pujols to be in those spots where runner on first and you'd need a run. So you need the power versus Carpenter where you like want him to lead off so he can walk. Um, Cause if you need a home run, I know Carpenter's got a couple, but it's not who you really expect to, to hit one. You know, Albert yeah. still has a little bit of that power where I think he could more likely, I'm not saying it is likely, but more likely hit home runs. 
Um, you know, they haven't, the Cardinals still haven't played an interleague game yet, which is, a, I think, either the only team in the, in the majors that hasn't. Um, and obviously that'll change. Um, well, they got the White Sox on the, on the schedule in a couple of weeks, but there'll be, you know, DH possibilities. Um, but I still think the most likely thing is they sign him in like late August and let him play September. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, the White Sox have come out, come out and said there's not room for him. I think the Royals have kind of, kind of said something similar and the Cardinals, as far as I know, the front office really hasn't said anything, not that they always do. Um, but I feel like it would be very easy for John Moselock to come out and say, you know, really appreciate Albert. We know that Albert, but there's just not, you know, we've got Paul Goldschmidt here. We don't have a DH. We don't have, you know, and all those things would be true. It's just a little bit interesting that he hasn't come out and said that just yet. Yeah, that's, we haven't heard anything at all. You're, you're <laughs> exactly right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, the fit would seem a little natural. Um, as far as a good place for that victory lap. But, you know, I, I just, I'm not sure, you know, I, yeah. it's, it's just tough to say, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it is funny how it's been complete radio silence, but also, you know, and from a PR standpoint, it's, it's tough to approach that, you know, they're going to have to pick the time wisely to do to shut that door. Yeah. I think that unless Albert winds up someplace like Pittsburgh that has nothing left to lose, yeah. you know, and, and I don't, I don't know. If, I mean, there is that desire to play every day, obviously, but obviously Pujols also has a desire to win. And I don't know if he goes plays in a place like Pittsburgh or Cleveland or someplace that might be struggling Cleveland, not as much, but it's Pittsburgh, but, um, and it would be really weird to see him in a uniform like that. So my, really my gut feeling is if he, does, if he plays again, he plays in St. Louis yeah. and he plays in that, ceremonial role basically yeah um but he may not play again i mean it really may be boiled down to you know he'll sit out there waiting on the call until the call doesn't come and then he just says i'm done yeah so pretty sad state of affairs yeah you would rather see albert go out not necessarily on his own terms but at least with people to be able to acknowledge that there's an ending you know, even Anaheim fans didn't really get a chance to do that. You know, I mean, they didn't know when they saw him play Wednesday night or whatever it was, that that was the last time he was going to play as an angel. You just, you just didn't know that. Um, and I'm sure that if situation had gone differently, that, you know, if it had been like released, like in the middle, like if it, it, the news had come out, like in the middle of a game on Thursday, then they could have given him some ovations or whatever they would have. I have no doubt, but it would be good. It would be nice to see Albert go out at least with a, a little bit more fanfare than a, than a DFA. Yeah, I completely agree with that. All right. Well, um, again, next week we'll have uh, a few more games to talk about. We look forward to seeing this Pondre series. Um, and I guess if nothing else, they can lick their wounds against the Pirates, hopefully, uh, next week. If if And hopefully maybe they're talking about another big, long winning streak, guys. Cardinals have put together a six gamer and a four gamer. I'm fine with them running out a few more game wins as well. So until next week, that is Alan. I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. He's got it. Look at the scene on the field. McCarver, the first one. Now his infielders all over him. 
a new world's record of 17 strikeouts in one game.